Do you like Manhattan Transfer? I love Manhattan Transfer. I couldn't get into it, man. I like Sofu to go. I think you're a white dude that was uh, <laughs> resurrected as a black dude. <laughs> I like that Manhattan Transfer. Remember Sofu to go? Those are the and then they do they did Twilight Tone and they did Java Jive and stuff like that. Yeah, I was too busy being cool when that shit was out, bro. That's true, because I was in the choir. Remember, I had to go to music camp. <laughs> you didn't have to go to music camp. I had to go to Yosemite for music camp, G. You're like, look, I came up hard at music camp. Yep, I know. I mean, it's hard for me to say, like, L.A. was most of uh, many of my years, but it, it takes away cred when I went, grew up in San Luis Obispo and went to uh, boarding <laughs> school in Monterey Bay. Yeah, you, so get kinda... some, you definitely get some street cred points yeah. lost right there. Exactly. Which is yeah. It almost cancels it out a little bit, dude. It kind of just makes it kind of does a little bit, only because like I remember fighting in L.A. I don't. Rem- I never had a fight through high school. You're like mad because someone skateboards better than yours or something. I know. I was like, how do you do that, Ollie? Man, I can't even believe that he had those trucks. You know, his parents freaking bought those trucks for him. <laughs> for real. You can't even grind, bro. Dude, I was embarrassed for my skateboard. I wanted a Tony Hawk skateboard. And my mom was like, we are never paying that kind of money for that skateboard. What kind of skateboard did you have? I had one of those ones that were like really like bulky. And it was like $30 at the local Walmart. I'm going to tell you the one I had right now. Because you know why? It was weird. I was, they got it for me. And I was, my parents got it for me. And I was like super disappointed. Do you know what I mean? What was because it? it was called a Valterra. Let me look it up. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it was called a Valterra. And I was like, man, I was really, really embarrassed about this. And then a little movie called Back to the Future came out. And guess who was guess who was rocking a skateboard? Shut a up. Valterra skateboard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Yep. So I was like, yep, that's it. So then I just got all proud about it and went down to, I didn't even care. Because at the time it wasn't, there wasn't like SBI. It was wavelengths. I remember that. So I went down, I stayed at my grandma's house and I remember skating down to the to the wavelengths and then like. They basically pimped out my board, but it was still a Valterra. They were looking at me a little funny, but I was okay with it. Remember, the really good skateboards had tiny, thin wheels. The bulky ones had those massive plastic ones, and they had the skid protector. But see, I used to try to pimp mine out and put, like, wax on it, like sex wax. Sex wax. Uh, Did you ever chew (laughs) sex wax? Did you ever chew it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, you chewed it? Yeah, that was a thing. I remember all these kids were, were chewing sex wax. I'd be chewing it. Gee. I'd go to like Cayucas with my friend. Stay, you, you know, because they had a beach house. Yeah, oh, they would, nice. They had a beach house. And they, we'd go to Cayucas and I'd go in there and buy sex wax and just how and just start chewing on it. And the parents, <laughs> <laughs> parents thought I was crazy. And then somebody got it into my head that if you chew that shit, you're going to go blind. So I immediately stopped doing it. Gee, you know what, dog? Maybe that was a thing. Like going blind, well, maybe, was that like the scariest thing for, for us? Because they'd be like, hey, if you masturbate too much, you'll go blind. And we're like, yeah. oh, snap. It wasn't death. I will admit you that I have terrible lose. vision. Do you really? Yeah. So maybe th- there oh, was some you- truth to that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? Do you have the masturbating like, part? As- not so much the sex part. <laughs> if you have, so if you took off your glasses, could you drive confidently? Back in the day, yes. Not anymore. I really don't feel like I could do it confidently. Like I'm pretty really? blind. Seriously, yeah. That, you know, here's how, here's how I know when people are blind or not. Like they'll wear glasses and one day they won't wear glasses. I'll say, oh, do you have a contacts on? They're like, no, I forgot my glasses, at, my glasses at home. I'd be like, that could never happen to me. As soon as I woke up, as soon as I was walking out the house, I would know, oh, I can't see. Is your vision They're, that bad? My vision is horrendous, bruh. I didn't even know they could make contacts for my vision. Do you and know your sure prescription? Enough, it's like negative three point. Three, well, 3.64 maybe? 3.19, something like that? I forgot. I'm not sure how it works. I should know this after all the years of wearing glasses and contacts. But I know that my cases, which I rarely wear, excuse me, I rarely wear because I'm at this point in my life where I can wear the prescription with lenses. Yeah. But if I, like glasses, you know, but if I put on the contact lens, something's not right. It doesn't, my cornea doesn't really work with it. So really, I'll be cool with it until I try to read something. And then I do that thing like old guys do where they, 
they look, they lift their head up and they kind of like <laughs> flare. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and they, their mouth's kind of halfway open and their nostrils are all flared. Talk about, uh, yes. yeah. You have like bifocals on or something. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So that's that is weird, hilarious, man. hilarious. I noticed that because I didn't really pay that much attention to it because I was having an issue for a while. I've been wearing them again since I went back to the gym because it's kind of cumbersome oh, yes, with, my, easier, yeah. with my headphones, yeah, yeah. you know? Oh, yes. Or my earbuds. But I remember last September when I went and officiated my friend's wedding and I was trying to be all cool about it, you know, so I had this because it was it was very bright outside. So I had sunglasses on for the most part of it. But when I took them off for the wedding, I was trying to read and I was trying very hard. I was doing this thing where I was bringing the paper, the, you know, I had like a folder with my just in case, you know what I'm saying? You got you have to have your little speech ready to go just in case you slip up. You can look down. Right. So I was like moving it back and forth, trying to get it and trying to play it off. But that's when I went, oh, OK. There, there's a oh. whole new there's a whole new thing going on with my eyes now that I wasn't aware of. But no one could really tell, right? No, no, it was cool. As a matter of fact, I felt like I worked I worked a little too hard at it. They were just so chill, and you know me, I always got a hundred and ten percent everything that I do. You know, if it's oh, like a, yeah. if it's like not everything that I do, but if it's an assignment, if you will, or a, a, a job or a role I have to play or something like that, I'm going to hundred and ten percent it. And I didn't even need to. They were just like chill, man. You're going going way too fast. Just just relax. What? I wanted to write out the ceremony so that way yes. they can go over it. And that way, at the end of it, I don't have anyone pulling me aside like, hey, what was all that about? Or why didn't you say this? Or, you know, do you know that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's their wedding. I don't want to screw this up for them. And then they have this bad taste in their mouth for the whole time. But I would send it to them by email and be like, OK, man, I can fix anything you need. You know, just just let me know. I'll fix it right away. No, nah, that's cool. Oh, OK. Well, you know, has your it was to my friend Rich. I'm like, has uh you know, your fiance seen this yet? No, nah, no, nah, but she's good. <laughs> so that's kind of wow. how I, Yeah, so I was like very nervous about it. So I ended yeah, up I, I mean, spending the day like before. You did great. What's that? You you the way you described it, it seems like you did a really well, wonderful job. I mean They seem to be happy with it. There it is. I mean, I think they walked away married, so they're fine. They walked away married. That is a huge somehow thing. officially. Dang, that's cr- oh, that are you still a pastor officially? By the power invested in me, by the sixty dollar payment I made to the internet, I now pronounce you man and wife. Are you still, or does yeah. it run out? No, I'm good. You could do weddings forever. Yeah, I believe so. Dang, G, that's crazy. That is crazy. If you ever find love, brother, I got you covered. <laughs> That'll be my wedding present to you. I'll never make money off of it though. People want to pay you for it. And I'm like, nah, just that's, oh, bro. there's your wedding present. You know what I mean? To, to get my oratory skills, you're going to have to pay me a little something. That's what everyone tells me. Like, why are you doing that? But I'd rather just be like, ah, I don't really don't feel like getting you a, you know, a Keurig. Oh, that's true. Or like See, a bread I, maker. So just let me just do this for you. I could picture you. I could picture. <laughs> oh, no. I could, <laughs> I could picture Dan being like, you know, um. You'd be like, you know, you're doing the whole, you're doing the whole shabago, and you're doing the whole ceremony. Everything's going wonderful, and you're about to close out. And you're like, you know, actually, I would love to close this out, but I think it's been better said by my friend Elvis. And you go in and do like, wise man. <laughs> I'm like, this brother's going getting his guitar out and stuff. I think Elvis said it best. And someone comes out and hands you your guitar. I'm like, oh, Danathan's going all the way. <laughs> I would rather do it uncomfortably acapella. Oh, my God. And just stare. And just make eye contact the entire time. Oh, so they have to be like, you know, have you ever done that where you're someone won't make, they like won't break oh, yeah. eye contact with you. And they're just cheesing on you. And you're trying yes. to that smile like, this is good. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is great. Everything's fine. I wish someone would Gee. kill me now. Do you know if I was in that audience, I could not hold it in. If you just did that, dog, I would be falling out. I'd be like, you know, Maribel, I believe that Richard said it best when he looked at you in the eyes for that first time and went, Are you lonesome tonight? (laughs) 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 Never, ever, ever break eye contact when you do some shit like that, though. You know, you can't. You You cannot. You cannot. Or it just ruins it all. Oh, hey, Steve, I just want to let you know that I have not forgotten about what we were talking about. What's and that? I have a whole bunch oh. of pictures in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we talking about that phobia, G? We are talking about, now I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but I believe it's trypophobia. 
T-R-Y. Oh hey guys, listen God. to this. If you're if you're oh in, my God. Since you're listening, it might be best to like pull this up so you can see exactly what's going on with my man Steve. And Pew. So and other people too, because this obviously is a thing based on Ugh. all of the pictures I have. Has, has anyone ever seen a empty lotus flower? A seedless lotus flower? <clears throat> Excuse me. A seedless lotus. I can't even say it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I get. This is my karma for trying to fuck with it you right totally now. Totally is, yeah. Dude. Seedless <laughs> lotus flower is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, go ahead and just Google this real quick, guys. Trypophobia. T R Y P O P H O B I A. Gross. Now, some of you are probably gagging. And some of you are probably like, I don't get it. No big deal. Yes. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, Steve. What does, what does what does trypophobia mean to you? To me, it means a, a fear of many holes in a pattern. It has to be in a pattern because you showed me one thing that did not do it to me. And there was a bunch of holes. But then you showed me a pattern... Uh, um, picture immediately afterwards i'm like yep that's it that's the one but the thing was is the one that got you most was when it was oh my the God. holes superimposed on someone's face Ugh. like i think it's the combination of the holes on human skin like can you look at a lotus flower and not trip oh hold on let me see <laughs> i've never looked at a lotus flower uh i you know what's funny i didn't even know a lotus flower was a thing i just thought it was a prince album I got to be honest with you. I didn't know until we started going down this crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm on a page right now. It is uh, trypophobia.co. It just says .co, C-O. But to the right of it, I don't even know if I want to go down the road. You know what? Gee, the lotus flower is beautiful. I can't find the whole lotus. The lotus flower just is a beautiful purple flower. I'm not going to. You know how like they say never go to WebMD when you're looking up diagnoses or or symptoms or anything like that this is like another oh no 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 yeah i can't look at the lotus (laughs) you got it huh (laughs) nah son what did you google Uh, lotus flower holes lotus flower holes hold on let me see nope oh yep yep that's what i was talking about that will never ever happen to you gee good thing you told me because i would have been at like lowe's because skip home depot because of something You, you you probably already heard um i would have been at lowe's and they would have been like, oh, you know what? It was a beautiful flower. I'd be like, what? And they would have said lotus flower. I would have taken it home. Planted and your become, whole backyard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What have I done? What have I done, G? Like, I would walk outside and immediately say, oh, I guess I got to sell the house. I find this super interesting, dude, because it doesn't it doesn't do really anything for me. Like, that is the, so the, weird. The patterns don't do it for me. But then I'm also looking... At what appears to be real, like real stuff. Because as you know, some of these are photoshopped onto people. Yes, for the, for very the, well, no less. Very well. Some of them are, yeah. Uh-huh. But, okay, let's take, for instance, that foot we were looking at. Gross. Yeah, it's just foul. So yes. that kind of thing right there, really, like I'm looking at it right now, and that's it's horrifying. So mm-hmm. if that's a real thing, I want no part of it. <laughs> But it doesn't spook you out, though. No, no. But it kind of looks like the beginnings of like athlete's foot gone really bad. But this seems to be a real thing because I'm looking at a number of feet. Unless it's like the same dude. (laughs) Maybe it's just the other foot. I don't know, dude. I'm jacked up. I don't even. I've seen acid burns that look like it. Acid burns? Yes, I've seen certain acid burns. Like uh, I don't know if it's acid burn, but like chemical burns. Some of the chemical uh, thing, like uh, an effect that it has on your skin, sometimes it'll look something like that. And that's gross to me, too. Have you ever seen a diabetic foot ulcer before? Yes. Yes. You have. Does that uh-huh. bother you? Not at all. Not at all. No. Because it's just one hole. Correct? It's one hole. Like for me, I've seen, I remember I went, I think every kid goes through it. Well, maybe not every kid. When I was a younger cat, when the internet was was blossoming, they had a bunch of like, death videos like people getting their throat slit hung you know none of that bothered me at all nice you must have been a great kid oh dude and and but then it that phase went away i i don't even watch like if someone was like oh look at this medical gore anything gore i just won't watch i don't need to see it so but 
Those things don't bother me at all. But this thing, dude, it's just not like when people think it's so cute. Like if you Google people sticking, uh, you know, those eye stickies. Like googly eyes. Yes. And they like roll around in their case. Yeah. People stick a hundred of them on their face and then move their face around thinking it's cute. That ain't cute. That's the stuff of nightmares for you. That is the, if you Google, it is the stuff of sheer nightmares for me. That's so funny. Like I'm going to read the actual was, definition. Oh, dude. Yes, It says, uh, trypophobia skin disease is a real fear or phobia of holes in the skin, although treatment and cure exists for the test. Um, it's not a hole disease as considered by some. Phobia of holes is real, although many of us might oh. consider it completely off topic to get scared of any kind of hole, let alone from a small cluster of holes. Trypophobia skin disease is a wide field of study. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It kind of just goes on and on. But it says... Uh, the holes can arise from those found in seeds of typical fruits or even those on human skin. As confusing as it does sound, it can lead us to anxiety, depression, panic, or further the influence of negativity inside us. Dude. It just goes on and on. But Why do you think that is, dude? What is going on here? I don't know because it's not like I don't believe in phobias. I'm scared shitless, shitless of, of snakes. I don't like snakes and I don't know why. I don't. There maybe there was something that I just have blocked out as a kid. I don't usually like legitimately throw that term around blocking stuff out, but I'm pretty sure I have to block something out because my uncles, as much as I love these guys, used to terrorize the shit out of me when I was a kid because they had ten years on me. So you know, the ten year old well, mind is a uh, vicious. I know that they were talking about how the the um, phobia of snakes could be a situation of it being able to move in a way that our brains can't quite understand. And so it makes us scared of them. And uh, that's what I, well, it, that's what someone tried to explain. They're like, a lot of it might be the fact that it moves in a way that our brains can't quite get. Hmm. Everything else kind of, when you see something flying, their wings are going. So you're like, that makes sense. When you see something running, oh, it's a, you know, it's on two legs or it's on four legs or eight legs, even a spider moving. You're like, I understand the mechanism of a spider's movement. The snake, my brain doesn't quite understand that. And a lot of times they said it spooks people out. It might be the cause of the phobia, just like the trypophobia. They said a lot of plants that have that, um, some plants or fruits that have that design could be poisonous. And so we might've been evolved into avoiding those. You said fruit at the perfect time as I pulled up a picture. What are your thoughts on strawberries? Doesn't bother me at all. Now, really, maybe a close up, you know, oh yeah, but maybe close up it will get me. Because it looks literally like everything else that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, strawberries, don't, but they're, but remember, they're from far away. They look like a solid object if it's, if it's, if you're eating it. It doesn't, you know, there's holes, but you can't really see them. They're just there. Whereas something like a lotus flower, the holes are big and pattern. You can see them visually. What about honeycomb cereal? Yeah, that's fine. You could do honeycomb cereal? No problem. Okay. What about an actual honeycomb? That is, I think it would, if it's a perfect pattern, it would disturb me. But since there's some of them are broken, some of them are there, some of them are all, it doesn't, I think the pattern is somehow broken. I don't know. It, you know what I don't like? I'm realizing that? something right now. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Please finish no, please. your thought. No, no, no. Go ahead. I've just come upon something that I do realize is giving me the... The <laughs> the, the willies? The, the willies. willies. Let's call it the yes. willies. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> I'm looking at a picture right now mm-hmm. of a dog's ear being flipped backwards, and it's just infested completely. Like, you cannot see skin with ticks. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm See, done. that's I'm done, sort bro. of, yeah, that done. might be sort of that then. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's on yeah. the same page. Yep, it is. I hate it is. so much. I hate it's so much. It's a cluster of things. Oh, my God. Maybe the yeah, cluster, this is, G. This is a whole, yeah, I think I just, <laughs> I think I just opened up Pandora's we found box, it. bro. We found your thing, dude. Oh, there's another one, too, dude. There's another one. <laughs> so, this one here, <laughs> this one here. Is it's the it's a it's a trypophobia pattern, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry guys, I don't mean to be crude here, but I'm just telling you what I'm looking at. It is a picture of a hand, right? 
mm-hmm. with the trypophobia pattern on it, I don't think it's real, but it looks pretty convincing. Yes. But there's maggots coming out of it, so now I've got the slither phobia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. That's, I'm done, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm done. We're not so going to talk about okay, it. Okay, so I tried if to do we this. Saw the- I started this off to freak out Steve, but now I'm now, all creeped. Now, if you so if you saw a trypophobic hand mm-hmm. and snakes came out of each hole, you would be done. It'd be over. It would be it. <laughs> I would probably just go jump off of a building. <laughs> There's no way I can bounce back from. You'd this. probably walk into an MRI place with a oxygen tank. Apparently. Man, you sent me that. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah, I looked at the. I actually read the story, and I was just like, "Geez, Louise." That's terrible. I'm pulling but, it up um, right now. I got now, a see, question. Oh, yeah. This happened let's, let's in find... Mumbai. This happened in Mumbai. So, you know, come on, guys. What's up, Mumbai? You don't know what's happening with your MRI safety over here? Nair Bro, Hospital tell... MRI death case says, uh, yeah, so apparently this dude walked into an MRI unit holding an oxygen tank. <laughs> and the force of the MRI unit pulled him. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm actually just sort of reading this very quickly. The mm-hmm. force of the MRI, which is totally possible, standalone, you know, uh, oxygen tank. But apparently, mm-hmm. because he was holding it, it sucked him into the scanner. And I imagine it probably just, like, broke his neck or something like that, right? Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah, yeah that's real deal stuff. I don't, I mean, the whole, I've never heard of someone holding on to one and going in there. And like we were saying earlier, was it, was it like, fixed to him? You know what I mean? Like, was he wearing it like a backpack? Because the, the torpedo effect or the missile effect, as it's called, can totally happen. It's a real deal thing. It's what they beat into your brain in an MRI department that you don't bring metallic or ferrous objects into a scanner. But I don't know. I want to read into this one a little bit more. I'm not saying that it's made up. I'm not saying it's BS, but there's there's got to be more to it. And I want to know how big this fucking oxygen tank was that was able to pull this man in. And Here's, how. What, it sa- Here's what it says. Um, he entered the MRI room. The metallic cylinder activated the MRI's machine's magnetic force and sucked the victim into it along with the cylinder. Mm-hmm. His hand got stuck in the machine, following which ward boys pried his body out. He was rushed to the emergency room where he was declared dead. Uh, Maru's brother-in-law alleged that a ward boy asked the victim to go inside with the cylinder. When we told him that metallic things aren't allowed inside the MRI room, he said... It's fine. We do it every day. Oh, snap. And he blamed the hospital for negligence. Well, yeah. For hiring a fucking, what do they call him? A ward boy? Ward, yes. A ward boy. I've never and heard he said, that. Oh, term you're before. good. Now, you never let these cylinders into the room, right? No, no. There are such things as non ferrous Maybe that's what he thought tanks, it was. Yeah. But they're kept on the outside of the unit, they're kept on the outside oh. of the room. Dude, that's a devastating situation. So I wonder if he crushed his hand, though, why it, why he was pronounced dead. Oh, he must have done something else. It might have been. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit his head on something. Right. That's Yeah, it's got to be yeah. Snapped his neck. That was the first thing exactly. I thought. Like, going in and your neck just didn't go the way that it was supposed to. Bingo. But, and you can't exactly pull him out immediately. Don't you have to do, you have to, like, shut it down. Yeah, you would have to, what's called, quench Dude. the magnet. That sucks. That's when that, you, because the, the mean, magnet's continually cooled and it's, that's how it keeps, you know, operating. It's continually cooled by cryogen gas, mm, oh, nice. usually helium, mm-hmm. and they pump it through the system just nonstop. So when that happens to fully, because a magnet never turns off, to shut it down completely, you actually have to, you know, you have to called quenching the magnet. You hit this button and all the cryogen just shoots out through this vent. And then it takes like a, you know, a couple of days or maybe a week to power this thing back up again to get it going. I got a, I got a question for you, Dan. What's up, man? I was thinking about this and we had never talked about it, but you are a, would you call yourself a hard rock connoisseur? Kind of depends. That's, that's a bit of a loose term, but yeah, sure. Okay. For, the pur- for the purposes of this, I'm down. Yes. Why don't black people like hard rock en masse? That's a really good question. I, I don't know. I will go as far as to say that I've been to it like, uh, let's see, where does it happen mostly? Like, that's a real, that's a real valid thing, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that if you go, you might be one of the only people of color in your vicinity, at least one of the only. You're talking about me personally? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, dude, I'm telling you, I don't get the, like, I never get to play the reindeer games. I'm telling you, I could totally pass for anything but Mexican, and it happens but all I'm, the time. But you are one of the only in your vicinity. Like, if you look no, around. Dude, Mexican, no, this is where you're completely wrong. Oh, Mexicans word? love metal. 
They love really? it. Oh my God. Yeah. Love it. Argentinians. Really? And, hell yeah. Iron Maiden will go to Mexico yes. and, and just destroy to 100,000 people. And they're rabid. They're like way rabid. Really? Oh yeah. So in that, that theory kind of goes out the window. But what you were saying originally does kind of make sense, man. Yeah, don't black folks that. don't. Yeah. I mean, no, it's like, not going to be like, like it's weird. Like I've been to a couple concerts before and I got, I was watching, what was it? Well, I was just watching actually. I was watching a Coheed and Cambria live video yeah. and there was this black dude in the front just screaming every word. And I was like, oh, look at that. Like it made me actually yes, comment on it. Yeah, not totally. out loud, but like yes. in my head, you know, like, oh, check that out. Because it's, it's, it's real. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I imagine like if somebody was if 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 you went if someone was at a Iron Maiden concert and say there was a group of like five brothers, I'm sure everybody would be like, "Well, good for you, good for you." <laughs> hey fellas, like, can I buy <laughs> hey, you a drink? Fellas, good for you, because it would be awkward. They'd be like, "Hey, are you you in the right? Are you trying to you know that sort of thing?" Because I know none of my and I was in like even in San Luis Obispo. The black folks I was around that I knew did not like Iron Maiden, even though we were surrounded by like Nirvana, Iron Maiden, Metallica. Well, Iron Maiden's nobody reference. liked them. Iron Maiden's reference. It's it's more of a, even though it's as, it's as huge as it really is, it's more niche. Do you know what I mean? Like they're a community. Iron Maiden okay. fans are a community. Okay. But I get what you're saying. Still in the same vein of things. Um, it's not it's not a that time frame was not a great comparison. Only for the fact that. It was more of like a grunge thing, I think. I hate using that word, but that's what you're getting at. You're saying Nirvana. And- well, people had their shirts and stuff, Iron Maiden shirts. Yeah, so yeah those like, have been yeah, around. Oh. Those have been around. But sometimes I wonder if they're more for, like I see Justin Bieber wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. You oh, know that fucker Lord. doesn't listen to Iron Maiden. There's no well, way. And the, the weird thing is black folks love Chili Peppers, but they're not hard rock. No, well, because they got a little bit of funk to them. Exactly. And, that, and maybe that's what we need a... We need a two and four. You might need a two and four. We need a two and a four. We can't just be like, even though that is still a two and four, but it's not like, um, it's not like all my life two and four, where it's a hard, you know where the beat is for sure. You know what I'm saying? It's funny that you mentioned the two and four things. Like, I really can't even remember where I saw this and it was something that just stuck in my head. So it's nothing I saw recently. Yes. But I do remember watching a movie and there was a black guy that was capping on a white dude. And he's like, look at, look at my man clapping on the one and three. So maybe there's something. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's a natural, if you go to a white church and they're singing, um, like, like, uh, bless that one. They'll be like, bless that wonderful name. Uh, they're on that beat. Whereas black folks, bless that wonderful name. Like that's a whole different. Now you change the song. The song is now changed. Now, I remember Harry Connick Jr.'s concert. He stopped the song. He stopped the song and said, I'm sorry. Y'all are going to have to clap on the right beat. Like, you going to have to do the two and four because I can't do this song with y'all clapping. He's He has to change it for his audience because he's from New Orleans. And all he knows is two and four. So when he's out there doing his thing and people are doing it on the one and three, he's like, wait, 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 wait. Caught him off guard, huh? Yes, he's like, y'all have got to, you know, do this a whole different way. And so I could, but you know, that might be a situation of it. Or, and how, how much do you think it's the two and four? How much do you think it's the surrounding? Like maybe people like it in the cut. Like black people like it under, you know, they like it in the dark, in the quiet. But do they want to be in that arena with everybody? Maybe it's that. The crowd. Do they want to be in that crowd? Do you think it's that? Not saying the crowd's bad, but do you think that has anything to do with it? No, I think that at any, within any like concert venue period, it doesn't matter if you're talking about a rap concert, if you're talking about metal, whatever. You're always going to get your share of assholes that are just there because that's how they are. But I think mostly it becomes a a communal thing and people are just there to, you know, to celebrate. So like to answer your question earlier, I don't I don't think or even if it wasn't a question to address what you said, I don't really think that I would be like, oh, good for you. If I saw like a group of them, you know, like a group of black people yeah. coming yeah. in and and I don't think that I would be that way. I would just I don't even think I would think about it, to be honest with you. But then again, maybe I would because I just said that I was watching <laughs> yes. the Cody video and I'm like, oh, check it out. So maybe yes. so. 
And that's even more likely than an Iron Maiden. In a smaller crowd for Cohen and Cambria to see black people, that ratio is crazy because it's a smaller crowd. It's not 30,000 people. In 30,000 people, you're going to have to see black folks. Otherwise, that's an ill crowd. But in Cohen and Cambria, if you have 1,000 people and you see five, that's not bad. That's a good amount of black folks. Don't you think? That's a <laughs> grip did you for Coheed and Cambria. You said five? If I saw five at a Coheed and Cambria, we would definitely say what's up to each other. Like, yo, what's up? Like, <laughs> what? Like, word. I just You're remembered here? something. What's up? The very first time I saw Coheed and Cambria was in New York City. Yes. And we were at Madison Square Garden. And Keep I talking. S- Keep talking because I'm going to tell a good story because I'm about to go plug in my phone real quick. Well, it's good that you're interested in my story, Steve. I, no, I'm on the phone with you right now. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. I was like, you know what, Dan? Why don't you just go ahead and fuck off here? And I'm going to go ahead and just let you tell this story while I go do something that's way more important to me. So the first time that I was uh, that I saw Cohen and Cambria was at uh, Madison Square Garden. They were opening up for uh, Heaven and Hell, which is Black Sabbath, and now I'm just getting into the weeds. But I was actually right next to, or maybe she was in front of me. Is either in the same row or right in front of me, but it was actually this black girl. And she knew all the songs. And her and I and my wife, we just sat and gelled the whole night. So, hmm, maybe there's something to this. Maybe, Steve, maybe more black people like Kohee and Cameron than, than, you know, we ex- we expect or we think. Um, it's very I think possible. Then you ex- oh, but there, I, would, I would definitely say more black people like them than... Then I mean, per like in in the ratio per capita, for lack of a better phrase, than Iron Maiden, because I, I think Coheed and Cabria is more digestible. I'm only speaking for me as a person around black folks. It seems like Coheed and Cabria will be more digestible than Iron Maiden. I would tend to agree with you. And but the thing is, here's what I will say. I have met quite a few black folks that were like, I'm not into metal. I did dig Inner Sandman, though. I do hear that. Have you ever heard of Bad Brains? No. Bad Brains are, they're still around in some form, but they're they are old now. Uh, they came from Washington, D.C. back in the 80s, huh. I believe. Maybe even the late 70s. But they were just a straight up, like, hardcore punk band. Really? Yeah, so the Bad Brains is just, or like there's another band, actually, and there's a documentary about them. Have you ever heard of, heard of, there's two bands, okay, but I'm talking about, the one I'm talking about is, they're called Death. Have you ever heard of them? No, never heard of Death. Three black dudes that were from the 70s that were just killing it. Really? Yeah. It was like, I don't know if you want to call it punk or metal or just kind of, you know, something like a crossover in between a little bit. But they were huge. There was also another band called Hyrax that has a lead singer that's black. I'm trying to think who else. There's Carly Coma from the band. Oh, man, I just blanked out on the name of them. Um, Candiria. They're from New York. They're like a progressive metal band. Really heavy. At least they used to be. They've kind of changed their style a little bit. But they they, they were, I have to show you them because it's, Carly Como would be like, but then he would sing, but then they would just bust out into full on jazz, like right in the middle of a song. It would just be a full on, like very, very talented jazz. Then they would just go right back into the other stuff. Very interesting band. more of a black fan base or do you think even them probably no that's a good question I, I think that it's I think it's a bigger fan base than we're, we're giving them credit for okay 
I got to look into this because I know that no one I really like, except like I said, black folks will be like, I like Inner Sandman. That's a good song. But other than that, I don't really hear. And then that makes me wonder, what is it about that song then? The two and four is heavy in it, though. So maybe that's. Uh, it's it's just kind of a groove song, I think. It does it have a bit of a groove a, to it. Yeah, it does. And also, it's not. He's singing. It sounds like singing a song with hard guitar. He's not screaming. I don't know if we could deal with. I don't know. Maybe black folks can. A lot of screaming is. I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't know. I gotta talk. I have to ask around. I gotta. I, I gotta ask the council. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta talk to the oracle about this one. Exactly. I gotta a wise talk to one. The <laughs> hey, there's another <laughs> band too that's actually more. You know, they're still they're relevant. Actually, they're in the process of growing right now. They kind of had like a little. They had like a little bit of a. I don't want to say a heyday, but they they jumped onto people's radar just a couple of years ago. They're called Unlocking the Truth. And it's, they were, they actually, I mean, you might've actually seen this cause this was on YouTube, maybe for the same reasons that we're talking about right now. Like, oh, look what at that. <laughs> but they started off on the streets of New York, man. I think they were like, oh in Times no, Square. they have that song monster. Yes. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, see, so yeah, I don't know, but they're tearing it up. They are, t- but you know what? Uh, they are, and I wonder if it's it's the um, what do you call it? What do you call that that that? It's the um, novelty of it. I'm wondering if it's no- a novelty. A novelty to these kids? Yes. No, I think they're real deal. No, I'm saying people. I'm saying people like them because they're just like it's the novelty of it. I, I don't think, know. Well, you know, I would really like to think that the the majority of the world thinks a little more openly as opposed to just like, oh, look at that. Now that's something you don't see every day. Versus, good for them. Like they're they're killing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. In other words, I I would like to think not. I hope they wouldn't be thought of as a novelty. I think they're the real deal. I'm not saying I'm a big fan of them or anything like that, but I, I would like to think that they're the real deal and they actually have the drive to do these things because they're getting better. I remember one night I was at work and it was, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole looking at them. So you kind of see where they started on the street and then they actually, I think they recorded an album and I believe that Monster song was re-recorded and it, it was made even better. How do you well, know I mean, about I, Monster? Um, because I saw the um, Netflix documentary. Okay, yes, that's what I was thinking of. They were good and it was good. It was a very, but the thing is, one thing that really got me was the fact that they started getting really um, sadity with just the little fame they got. Already it starts. And I was like, man, the kids are already getting like, oh, we won't do that sort of. Oh, no, we're just such, we're such artists. And I'm like, oh, it starts already. I'm sure it does, man. I'm sure there are a ton of people that are, yes, basically catering to their every whim. For the short time that they're relevant because they want a piece of it. So they're surrounded by that. And, and, and I think that this industry, be it the entertainment industry, shit, podcasting yes. feeds oh, the yeah. ego. You know, why there's a reason we ask, hey, give us a review. You know, <laughs> like it feeds the ego. So yes, makes you feel totally. better about yourself. It gives you gives you a um, justification, I guess. Or I don't think that's actually the word. I, you know, like it confirms what you're doing. Well, and also I think like back in the radio days, you didn't have to ask for viewer or to defer listener mail because you know you have to listen to us. If you have the radio on, you are hearing us. And podcasting, you don't know because they can listen to a billion different things. On radio, they're like, oh, if you turn the channel, we're the popular channel in the city. You are getting us. So we don't have to wonder if you're listening because you have to in order to hear any songs. You're hearing us. You know what I'm saying? Totally. That's why I'm, do you think like, uh, I don't think, who's those guys, something and something? Oh, them? They're wonderful. Yeah, no, the radio guys that everyone likes. Um, they're two guys. 
oh, you could pretty much put any two guys there. There's there's freaking Kevin and Bean. There's Mark. There and it Brian. is, Kevin and there's, Bean. There it goes. There's there's Kevin a, there's Bean. a somebody and somebody in every town. Would they be as popular if they had a podcast? Would people go to their podcast and listen to them? Who knows? Pro- no one will ever know. I would, personally. See? But it depends. Uh, there's a term that's used a lot because it used to be a, a show that came out of New York. Have you ever heard of that term, like the morning zoo? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's still around anymore, and I personally have never heard it before, but it sounds to me like they, when they say the morning zoo, like when Howard Stern talks about the morning zoo, it's more of the, hey, everybody, we're, we're talking this way, and, you know, uh, yes. s- seven o'clock straight up right now. We got some yeah. wacky jokes for you and all that kind of yes. stuff, you know. So, and a bunch of sound effects like, Woo! yeah, that's got, yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> hey, I yeah. use sound effects. I better be careful with that shit or we're going to turn into the morning zoo. <laughs> yes, we, no, but the thing is, we, it's, it's impossible to because we're actually off the cuff. They weren't off the cuff necessarily. They had a shtick and they did the shtick down the middle. Like they kind of worked and, it out. Like I'm going to put a sound effect right here. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. And also, um, I think I, I have to give, well, and I, and I know I'm missing people and I don't know the radio days. So please, if I'm wrong, I get it. But in my brain, Howard Stern had a lot to do with the change of that idea. Like, it seems like his way of doing things as far as in the rock side, like that sort of side of things change the get because he wasn't a morning zoo guy yeah and i think that you know either people they either hate him or they love him i don't really feel like there's too much in between true but he but, was a game changer he was a total yeah. game changer and he Pe- and, I, yes. and i think that he's actually you know like indirectly even us has affected us a little bit like that's just oh, the sure. way like he he just put out like this big shock wave and over the course of time I think he's there's a little bit of Howard Stern in every show that people just don't realize. There's things that I he's, t- I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, there's things that he's done that people are doing now and they probably don't even know that that's something that like say like Fred Norris who's the sound he's like their their the sound master basically. He's the one that has all these and he does go off the cuff, but he's just got so much in his day. I would love to see what he has, what he's working with as a database to for all of his sound effects, you know. And I'm sure there's probably a little bit of writing in between cuz I know that they do they do like a pre-show thing before they start every morning. So there's probably a little something like that. But yeah, man, he's he's pretty freaking genius. And I think that he's that's directly inspirational to a lot of the podcasts that are out right now. I, and, and radio I, shows. I totally agree with that. I think it went from Madonna would go on a show and the people would say, so tell us about your tour. Da, 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 da. Really? And what cities are you going to be? Da, 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 da. Man, we loved you back when you did lots, um, Like a Virgin. How was Like a Virgin? How was recording that? Oh, what da, 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 da. Whereas then she went on Howard Stern. So we heard you had sex with blah, blah. Yeah. Now yeah. there's like, he didn't go through that whole, like, how about we talk about, I'm not going off script. What are we doing? What, like, did you have sex with that guy or not? What happened? And that kind of made all the other interviews seem so duddy. You're like, ugh, I don't want to hear that. I want, I'd rather hear Howard Stern interview this person because he gets it out of him. Because what happened, like, he'll go so far to the left that meeting when they say I'm not going to answer that, but I will answer this. That's even crazy that they answered the next thing. But in that room, it seemed like, well, I'll go tame because he started off so crazy. But no, when you get out of that room, you're like, I can't believe I said that. I've Why did I tell that that's him that? His, I've often felt that that's his exact intention. I'm going to ask you a question that's so extreme. At least, at least back in the day. Yes. That I'm going to ask you a question that's so extreme. That you're going to give me the middle answer, which is what I was looking for anyway, which is still going to be more than what anyone else would ask. Totally. And sometimes he gets the extreme answer. <laughs> sometimes they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, I did heroin. Uh, you know, but you're like, okay, well, this made a, but he never seems shocked. He'll, he'll literally drill down on the person and keep going that direction. And uh, I just love how... Again, listening, uh, there was a time where he'd have a, he had a show like on USA or something. I forgot where his show was, but it was on TV of him just doing his show. And it was just shocking how much people would just say stuff. I'm just like, geez, Louise, man, he gets it out of people. But so does David Letterman. Letterman is another person that is, it doesn't seem like he's going on a script. He's just talking to a person. Whereas Jimmy Fallon, it sounds like he's reading every, even the laughs he seems like he's reading. Everything is red for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Kimmel, less so, but David Letterman was the guy. Ain't no Johnny Carson. People like that were the people who could just seem like, oh, we're just having a conversation here. Let's just talk. You and know? that's what that's what set them apart. 
Totally. Nothing phase, but I could get why, like Jimmy Fallon, the people he has on his show, he looked up to. He's young enough to have looked up to them. So yeah, it's weird. Maybe it's, oh, he's still starstruck. Whereas with David Letterman, he's like a lot of these younger guys. He's like, when I was doing this show when you weren't even in the game yet, I was already doing this. So you're welcome to come on my show. You're welcome. You know, you should be thanking me. I think that kind of helps because David Letterman has a weight to him. I can say this because I I went and saw David Letterman one time. Yeah. I think that. Like, I think you're absolutely right. He's just really good at that. But you know what the weird thing about David Letterman was back then? Is that, that, and I think that was how it was all the time, you know, up until he he stopped the late show, is that he could be having this awesome conversation and laughing and just, you know, you feel like the chemistry's really there. And the moment that they cut to commercial break stops. Like, like if he's by himself, he does not speak to anyone around him. He might get up and take off his jacket and do something like that. But... There is no eye contact. There was none of that. I was sitting there fascinated watching him do that when they went to commercial breaks. Like he was just, just it was like walls went up around him. And then the art, you know, the whoever, the artist, entertainer, whoever's there interviewing yeah. is just kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs, maybe getting a little makeup done or something like that. But it was just very like. Uh, he turns it on. Yes. It was very on and off kind of a thing. And then as soon as they're, okay, we're back, you know, and it's, it's just, well, it's not how we talked, but you know what I'm saying. It was well, just like I mean, right back as if it never stopped. It's that's a beautiful editing, you know, talent that they have. And all I think it has a lot just like you with your job. I'm sure when you first tried your job, when you first were doing it in your, you know, your first years, you have to think about everything. Even though you still do, you don't think about it as normally as you do because you're just going through the motions. You can literally just do it in your sleep. I mean, after doing it for 20, 30 years, he could just do it in his sleep. That's a lot of years they have. I mean, how many people out right now on TV right now have 30 years in the night talk, nighttime talk business? That's a lot of time. Can I think of anybody that's not like Maury Povich or Jerry Springer or something like that? Exactly. Who could, no one who knows? I mean, like Jimmy Fallon is barely in there. Now, Kimmel has been there for what, 15 years, I think? 12 years or something like that. That's sure. that's I'd say he's That's on the ass end fun. of 20 years total. Yeah, he's he's doing his thing. Um, but, you know, the other, I mean, these guys, Conan's been there for a while, but still not touching 30. 30 to, you know, you're, you're, but Conan is also another guy that just talks, but he is, you can tell he has clear boundaries. You can feel comfortable. Conan. Yeah, yeah Con- you can Conan. feel comfortable going on Conan and you know he's not going to ask you some off the wall question, whereas Kimmel might. He just might ask you a crazy one. Fallon is just going to tell you every single question he's going to ask you in the dressing room. This is what we're going to do. You know what well, I'm saying? I obviously have no firsthand experience with it, but from what I understand, they do have someone that comes through and, you know, does the, this is what you can and can't talk about. What do you want to talk about? How are we going to segue into the next question? I think that that's definitely in place for any. Oh, it has to have a conversation. I, and again, I think that's what made Howard Stern so cool. I don't know. I'd be surprised if someone gave him a list of, you can't tell, ask me this. And he was like, okay. These days, I don't know about before, but I know these days he has a full team of everything. And yeah, I mean, they have, uh, Gary Delabate, who's their producer. He's the one that talks firsthand with all of them prior to them even coming into the studio. So yeah, exactly. there's def- there's definitely some structure there. There's definitely I'm sure con- that there's still those oh, questions yeah. of hey, make sure you ask them this, but it's how he asks it. Totally, and I think like if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back there and says, "Look, you know, everything's on the table. You can say no, but Howard's going to ask you anything because otherwise, if he started, but even though now they say I haven't heard Howard Stern in a billion years, but they say he's way more tame now. I actually haven't listened to him in a really long time. I. Not knocking him, but I think his style's changed and he's getting older. Yeah. His opinions are changing a little bit. And sometimes he'll say something it's like, okay, you're just, and, and I know that everyone, including us, has to do that where you just have to keep talking about whatever, you know? Yeah. But, you know, in his case, I can tell, oh, okay, you clearly don't think this way and you're just trying to make the conversation or maybe you really don't know, particularly Robin Quivers. She'll just say anything and it may not even make sense sometimes, but they have this talent of being able to keep the show going. And Oh, totally. I think that's kind of where it's... I, I've sort of jumped off a little bit. I think he's still a great interviewer, but 
I'm I'm down anytime they put on like the best of Stern and it's all the old shows. That's when I love to listen. That's when I'll listen religiously because even though I've heard some of these shows a million times, they're still hilarious to me. Um, no knock to Howard Stern. I'm just saying. Oh, I for sure. Well, I, I mean, the world has changed. When you're crazy in a decade, the decade moves forward, and that's not so crazy. When you when you're in the we're we're in the time of massive online nude links, nude leaks nude this of all these celebrities sex tapes all that stuff now howard stern doesn't seem so crazy anymore what do you do to get crazy now you just can't nothing surprises us anymore we're like yeah oh yeah oh did you have sex with this person yeah i did be like yeah that's not a big deal that's yeah, there's not. a video online you could see it if you wanted to <laughs> yeah exactly so there i think he's on the t- i wouldn't be surprised if he's did he retire or is he talking of retiring or? I think the last thing that I heard, and it was just a jump in because I wanted to hear that it was on demand. I wanted to hear yeah. Tommy Wiseau and James Franco on there. And that was sometime in December. And prior to that, I've just been listening to podcasts mostly, man. So I, there's a there's a huge chunk. I have friends that listen to him religiously still and say he's still great. And I imagine that they're, you know, that's how they really feel. I just don't really what? have that yeah. background anymore to, to talk about. I really couldn't tell you what's been up in the stern world. He's one of the last vestiges of a, an interesting era. And I think people that like, just like Joe Rogan. I know a lot of people that jumped off the Joe Rogan train. But then there's those those hardcore Roganers that are going to listen every single episode. But a few people like me or like whatever, just kind of just like, okay, yeah. You know, we're good. Because he caters to a certain demographic that is never going to change. 20 years from now, he's going to be doing the same stuff pretty much. That's going to be him. But whereas I think it's very, um, I think it's healthy to move to something else. It's healthy. When you grow, it's okay to grow into something else. You know what I'm saying? I remember Muhammad Ali said, they were talking about all the um, animosity he had toward other boxers. They're like, oh, you guys are, you know, certain, you and certain boxers are, are cool now. He's like, yeah, if I thought the same way now as I did 20 years ago, I would have wasted 20 years of my life. You have to grow up. I don't hate those people. I don't dislike them anymore. That was 20 years ago. Why would I dislike them now? Right. So I think it's good to grow into something else. Reinforcing what you said earlier. It's true. Like you used to hear shock jock Howard Stern said this today. You never hear that anymore. No. It's just Howard Stern, you know. Every once in a while, you get that person that's out of touch. You could tell like, oh, you've never even listened in the first place. You're just used to calling him shock jock Howard Stern. You'll still get those ones every now and then. But well, no. and, and all and also if we're in an we're in an we're in an era where the craziest thing can be said by the person running the country, that is the craziest thing said of the day, and the person is at the top of the heap of power. So now whatever someone else says, you're like, so what? That's not as crazy as that, and that person said it. You know what, man? You've actually got a point. And without even going down a political path with this, it's very true. Like there's out of throughout my week. Based on what I subscribe to or follow on Twitter, what have you, look on, you know, online for, it's kind of true. Like, if I'm, holy shit, can you believe he said that? Is always coming yeah. from Trump these days. All the time. Like, he, today, he, he, or today or last night, he attacked Jay-Z by name. I have never seen that before from a president. Attacking a the, rapper by name. You know what? I saw that, that little blip on there, but I think Jay-Z said something First, if he, I'm did. Not on, he, said, on you know? an interview. Well, he he was talking about how to, long story short, Trump's an embarrassment. And then Jay-Z was like, or um then Trump kind of fired back, hey, you should be happy what I've done for black people. And it's like, I've never A, skip oh, you. Shit. B, it's like <laughs> this is the president. It would be the equivalent of uh I mean, it would be the equivalent of like, say, George Bush. Going after Kanye West when he said George Bush doesn't like black people. It would be the equivalent of him hitting him or having a press conference saying, Kanye, I don't appreciate your bull crap. You should be happy with that. But but even him, George Bush, who we thought was kind of on the dumber side of people, he knew. Why would I address Kanye West? Yeah, you got to let it go. You can't attack this dude. This particular. Yeah, why would I address him? This particular administration, you can't attack because they just go right back to it, even exactly. if it's petty. And so, so anyway. in that era, in this era, there's nothing really Stern can say. Short of short of something that was horrendous bad, then he'll only make the news for about a week before he gets fired. 
That's what I'm saying. You, the only thing you could do is get yourself in trouble. That's when you make the news. Nothing like, oh my goodness, this. The only way you make the news is if you A, did something really awesome, amazing and incredible, which is great, but to be in the news the way you want to be, like Stern would want to be, he'd have to say something horrible. And now you could get fired for doing that. And so you're in a different age. And he's just, I think he's just kind of treading water before he's just, I mean, he's going to leave with how many hundreds of millions, dude? He started off with 500 million. I have no idea the Jeez number of, I think that they've renewed contract. I believe it was at 2006 when they went on Sirius. I believe it was 2006. So I'm pretty sure he has at least a contract renewal every five years, I'm thinking. Good Lord. Something man. like that. Something like that right around there. So yeah, he's he's making just, there. there's too much money there. He'll always I mean, be good. That's going to be. I mean, again, maybe soon. Here's what I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the regular show. Um, when we're making $500 million, $500 million, I am going to be saying anything I want to say over the air. Anything. I don't think, I mean, because um, chances are Trump will be out of office and there's nothing I'll be able to say to top that. <laughs> by the time by the time we make, as you say, $500 million. There's nothing we'll be able to say to top whatever he said. There's a good chance that said. Trump will be out of office. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go and, ahead and agree with you on that. <laughs> and and there, anything we say is going to pale. By that time, <laughs> anything we say is going to pale in comparison to the nutball stuff he's said already. Guaranteed, we will not be able to touch it. So we'll be able to say whatever the deuce we want. And when we make our $500 million and have all of our listeners on a huge yacht just for parties every weekend, which we will do because we love y'all so much, when we're partying on that yacht, we're going to be like, hey, remember when we had that show about $500 million? And y'all are going to be like, yeah, pass the Cavassier, though. And I'll be like, hey, don't even trip. Here you go. Matter of fact, take some home to the family. Matter of fact, take a boat, take a yacht, take a ship because we're making it. We're blowing up. Damn, that is definite optimism right there. Because I'm over here thinking, I'm over here thinking like I probably won't even be able to get onto the boat, onto the yacht rather, because of my bad hips at that age. Oh, dude! You know I mean? See how he ruins our. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's I, didn't to, I didn't mean to our pop dream, your people. Our five hundred hey, million. Anyone out there wants dream. to pay us five hundred million dollars? Trust me, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I guess I'm just being real, and I'm popping his bubble right now. So I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop right now, Stephen. He's popping you. bubbles while I'm popping. Cavassier. <laughs> You're trying to get them champagne levels. I'm just popping them. You popping them, G. But anyway, uh, before we get out of here, do you want to give the information on how to get in touch with? I don't remember if we do it. We never do. So pre-game. I think I will. Yeah, I always forget to. So okay. absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening to the pregame. Uh, if you're the first time that you ever heard this before, this is not the real show. This is just no, us warming this is up. The pregame. Yep. You know, just uh, flapping the lips a little bit and just getting warmed up so we can see how the day is going to go. And usually it makes for a better show, I think. But if you guys want to get a hold of us, it's all the same. Get us at, uh, if you want to email the show, heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. We can be seen on Twitter. Yes, we're there, at Heroes of Noise. You can see myself, little profile I have there, a little something that I've set up. Go to Dan Q Public. Same thing with my friend Steve, S-E underscore Hudson Music. Uh, You can see our lovely Instagram that's just starting to kind of populate uh we got facebook oh yeah by the way sorry instagram is at heroes of noise podcast facebook is heroes of noise podcast you can find all of this shit at www.heroesofnoise.com that's the way to do it right there when you're there guys just look all the way down right there getting back to this whole 500 million dollar thing because right now we're at ten dollars i'm just saying and uh that's already been spent because we put everything we do back into the show uh little serious moment here if you guys want to donate to the show and help us out All we do is we put it right back into the show. It pays for bandwidth. It pays for materials. It pays for anything related to the show goes right back into it. Websites, you know, all of that all costs money. So please donate if you'd like. We would really appreciate it. Anything counts. We're not asking for a lot. Even a dollar counts. It really does. Uh, What else, Steve? I think that's pretty much about it. If you guys like the show, feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your shows. And if you're like, I don't even know how to subscribe to a show www.heroesofnoise.com top of the page it's right there we've done the legwork for you all you got to do is just click the one that you want to listen to whatever stitcher itunes google play whatever it is subscribe done that's it just like me i'm done he's done 
and we're on our way to the next episode. Holla at your beezy. Let's do it. See you in a sec. Thank <laughs> you.